at every time God provided. There were times when we had to come before the congregation and say, we're not sure how we're going to do this. I remember one of those joyful, fearful times was when uh, Ralph and Chris had left ICI. They had gone back home to the, to the warm climes of Alabama. And I just didn't feel right about it. I felt like God wanted more to happen. But we didn't have the means to, to have anybody else on the staff. They could barely pay us. And, and so how were we going to do this? And we met with the congregation. I remember we all sat on the floor, I think, out in the, in the lobby at on Fullerton Avenue, and um, and we said, you know, this is a possibility. I've been talking to Ralph. He's not sure that that's really where God was taking him to. And uh, what do you think we should do? And encourage, as I said, this is what this is what it means. Uh, they, the good people of Good News, took up the challenge and said, let's call him back. Let's bring him back. And we did it. We worked, at it, uh, worked out a, a method and a plan to get back, uh, Ralph back here, and it was wonderful. You know, the long years of partnership that we shared. It's beyond my comprehension. So I, I want you to always remember that God is thinking bigger than you are. As an individual, as a congregation, God has bigger plans than you do. You think this is what, it, you know, what the next step is. And God says, well, that's only the, next, the first part of the first, next step. I've got more. I've got more. So take up the challenge for that. Be bold. Be courageous. God is moving, and God is, is taking this church to new places. The second thing is, is uh, down in chapter 3 of Joshua. We, said that jo- we see that Joshua said to the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And just before that, he said, You have not passed this way before. How much of life is like that? Where you're, you've got a new challenge. Maybe you need to take up a new job. You've got an opportunity to take up a new job. Or maybe you feel like you need to do it. And, and you know that you've not gone this way before. But just as God went before the people of Israel, to go before you. For this congregation, there's new challenges that are yet ahead. You've not gone this way before. And you can trust God to carry you. Uh, I, one of the, there were many times, too many times, when, when an opening appeared. In the, in the staffing needs, whether it was a volunteer or a paid position. Um, there are several times when that happened. And I, as I saw these things coming down the road, I thought, oh, no, this is it. It's all over here. But I was always wrong. In every case, there's something you need to understand about this. God knew that it was coming. He wasn't surprised by it. And he had already been preparing somebody. But that person wouldn't step up as long as the other person was in place. And as soon as that person, the first person left, there was someone to move in. I, I, I never got over that, whether it was a Sunday school teachers or, or other positions like that. There's always needs. I mean, congregations always have a need for volunteers. And God always has someone new to train into it. And it got to me, so I began to think, let's see how he does it this time. And I still feared it, but I knew that God had always come through with that. Every crisis presents an opportunity. 
And we had our share of them. And there's always an opportunity for growth through the crisis. There's something to learn through it. There's something that we can take and apply. Crises are not the end of the world. God has that handled later. But there are crises that come up, and those challenges that are before you will make a difference, how you respond to that. You'll grow through that. You'll grow through the challenges of it. You'll grow through the crisis. You will be somebody new on the other side of it. And every crisis has an opportunity. I want you to remember that in your personal life as well as in your, the congregation's life, that every crisis has an opportunity. One of the things we would do as, um, part of the, as the staff, as an exercise, was there, it seemed like there were always things we couldn't afford. We, I remember one time we desperately needed a phone system. We had to do something about telephones. You can't have a church without telephones. And we needed that. That was, that was on our list. And there were other things on the list. And we would always sit down and we'd say, okay, what do we need? And we'd make a list. And the, the great things, I'm thinking about the telephones because we had the phones on our list. And a few days, uh, I don't know if it was days or weeks later, someone who was part of our church had been working for a company. And that company collapsed. It folded up. It went out of business. And it was Mickey Correa. And she, the, not only did she lose her job, but... She, uh, the, her boss, she asked her boss about their phone system. He said, oh, take it. I mean, this was a phone system worth thousands of dollars. We could never have bought this thing. And God gave us his phone system that we, that we had a need for. He has gone that way every time there was a need along the way. And so we would sit down at the end of a year and, and look at the list and say, well, what, what do you know about that? God went ahead. God provided whatever it was whatever it was. We asked people at least once a year to write down the names of people that they wanted to see trust Christ. Because I believe that every one of us is put into a circle of people that God wants us to reach. You are unique. You know, a lot of times you think, well, the pastor can do that. It, you know, that's, that's kind of their job. But God has put you in a circle of people that nobody else can reach as effectively as you. And so we would ask people, write this down. Who is it you want to see come to Christ? And at the end of the year, we'd look at the list again. What did God do? What did God do? It's, it's a matter of trusting God for the fearsome things in life. Thirdly, I talked this morning about celebrating frequently and uh, publicly what God is doing. When the people of Israel crossed over that Jordan River, and this is the second time that it's recorded that, that God dried up the seas. He did the, for the Red Sea, he did that already, and now he's going to do it here as they go into the promised land. And there's another time later on with one of the prophets where he parted this, the Jordan again. But this time... They were standing there, and I, I love the way it's described as they are standing there at the Jordan River, and it's, the author, Joshua, is very clear to point out that the river was at flood stage. It wasn't just a, a low tide or something like that, a low season. It was at flood stage. It was a fearsome thing to, to cross a raging river, and that's when 
God moved them, and he had the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant, and it said as soon as they put their feet in the water, not before, but as soon as they put their feet in the water, the waters parted. It was a separation so that they were able to um, cross over into, on dry ground into the promised land that God had, had given to the people of Israel. And you can imagine the stories that those people had at the end of that night when they had all crossed over. But in Joshua 3, again, I'm sorry, Joshua 4, Joshua records when all the nation had finished passing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, take 12 men from the people, one from each tribe of man, and command them, saying, take 12 stones from here out of the midst of the Jordan, from the very place where the priest's feet stood firmly, and bring them over with you. Lay them down in the place where you lodge tonight. So Joshua called the 12 men from the tribe of Israel, whom he had appointed, a man from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, pass on before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, and Take up each of you a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of Israel, and that this may be a sign among you. When your children ask in time to come, what do these stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. Your children ask. I hope some of your children here today are asking questions like, who are these people? Why did they do this? Why, why did we have this day? And you get to tell them. You're just like the people of Israel celebrating what God has done. And in the days to come in this congregation and wherever God has placed you, there will be opportunities for you to plant memorial stones like this. A time when when you can say to your children, those who are yet to come, this is what God did at this place. Now, maybe there's some crisis in your life, in your marriage, in your family that God is going to take you through. And you don't see it even on the horizon yet. When you come through on the other side of it. And and I have got to tell you this, that there there are things that before us look so terribly fearful. Um, some of you were here in the in the time when uh, when my dad died. My sister's here today. When our dad was dying, there was nothing I feared more than that day. I thought that that I could not get to the other side of that event. I knew it was coming, and I still to this day am in awe at how God worked. And what God did. I mean, my, my father had what I what I would have to call a a biblical death. I mean, he just he died with his family around him, and uh, and we had got to gotten to say goodbye to him, and and it was a terrible time, but it was also a wonderful time. And I want to tell you one of the things that's happened from that time to this. Before that, heaven was a good theory. I knew it was a fact from Scripture. But I have an appreciation of heaven, of the reality of it. I want to see heaven. I want to see my dad again. I look forward to it. And for all of you as well, you know, that day comes in your life when you lose someone you love. And the work that God does in that person's life is so significant in that moment. 
so many years at funerals, um, I'd have people come to me and say, I don't know how someone who is not a believer can get through this event. Their hearts were broken as well, just like mine. And God carries you through. And if, you, if that person knows Jesus, you have this hope that you didn't understand before. You knew the theory of it, but now you know the reality of it. And so I, I have to tell you that one of the topics that I love to talk about more, we talked about it with, with we taught it in Ohio in Sunday school classes, and it got to be a class where uh, we had to keep dividing the class because so many people kept coming. All we did was talk about what does the Bible say about heaven? And I challenge you to read for yourself. Look for it. It's there. God tells you a whole lot about heaven, about what's coming. It's all it's laid out there. And it's something that the older you get, the more significant that topic is going to be uh, to you. Well, I, uh, it's, it's time for me to pass this pulpit on uh, to a great brother in Jesus Christ. I... Uh, over the years, when we joined up with the Evangelical Free Church, uh, there were some things I didn't know would come, and along with that were people who, who were just a great encouragement to us. First of all, to get good news off the ground, we had people from the Free Church helping us. And then in later years, uh, God brought me in contact with a dear brother, Bill Reed, and uh, he has been a challenge to me. He, uh, we would go, he would, every year he would meet with us, with me, and he would ask hard questions, and the terrible thing was he did it in front of Jan. <laughs> he, he, would, he would ask me, are you exercising? And then he would look at Jan and say, is he exercising? I mean, that's not fair. You know, they're double teaming. But it was effective, and, and Bill's ministry continues on to churches, uh, to many churches, and uh, he is is a dear brother, and uh, I trust him and, and love him in the Lord. Bill, come on up here, and you uh, wrap this up for us. I bring you greetings and congratulations on behalf of the Great Lakes District of the Evangelical Free Church of America. Celebrate 40 years of ministry. We're here today because the leaders and Good News Bible Church dared to dream. We've been hearing again and again. They dared to dream about being a lighthouse for the gospel. They dared to dream about being a beacon of hope, shining brightly into daunting despair and deep darkness. They, they dared to be a fortress protecting truth, a refuge for the needy, a sanctuary for worship. They dared to dream about being a strategic center for the advancement of the kingdom of God. And this celebration today is testimony that that dream has been realized. Somebody say amen. The Great Lakes District has been blessed and strengthened by your partnership with us. It is indeed a valued partnership. Good News Bible Church is the GLD's presence in the Humboldt, Humboldt Park and Logan Square communities and in the inner city of Chicago in general. 
Good News Bible Church is a model of a multi-ethnic congregation, an example of biblical orthodoxy as sound doctrine is proclaimed from this pulpit and is fully committed to the Evangelical Free Church of America's standard statement of faith. And over the years, this, this partnership grew from a distant administrative 911 relationship to a close, personal, practical 411 relationship as I, representing the Great Lakes District, was privileged to serve, encourage, and be a resource for Good News Bible Church, its pastors, and its leaders. Great Lakes District is so grateful for the ministry of Good News Bible Church, and we are so thankful that Good News Bible Church and its leaders dared dream. Three months ago, I attended the commencement program of my grandson, William. He was graduating from high school. For 12 arduous, glorious, challenging years, William was looking forward and pursuing his degree. And now he had realized that goal. He had achieved his goal. The task was completed. My grandson, however, he understood that although he had achieved his goal, and I was there rejoicing with him, he realized that his commencement program was not the end, but the beginning. Good news, Bible Church. This celebration today is like a commencement program at a high school. You're celebrating the completion of a task, the achieving of a goal. Today you're celebrating, and rightfully so, you're celebrating 40 glorious years of loving the Lord, serving the Lord, being faithful to Him, trusting in Him. And you're celebrating how the Lord has richly blessed this ministry. And I'm here rejoicing with you. But somebody say, Hallelujah for the book. But this celebration does not signal the end, but the beginning. Commencement, by definition, is the beginning. And so this celebration is the beginning, not the end. And therefore, my brothers and sisters, therefore, good news, Bible, church, my challenge to you is to dare to dream again. Dare to dream again. Especially when you understand that the best is yet to come. Somebody say amen. It's been good. It's been glorious. But I'm here to tell you today, if you dare to dream again, the best is yet ahead. You'd have to take my word for it. The Apostle Paul said it. This way, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those 
who love him. For Good News Bible Church, dare to dream again. See in your dream, see, see in your mind's eye, see a church that has added a Sunday morning service to accommodate the worship attendance, worship attendance growth. See, see a church plan on the south side of Chicago. See, see a staff that has tripled in size to cover the two multi-site campuses, one located near O'Hare and the other one on the west side of Chicago, dare to dream again. See a medical center three blocks from here on property purchased at an unbelievably low price. See a counseling center helping people navigate life's issues. Dare to dream again. See a mentoring program in conjunction with Moody Bible Institute and Trinity Evangelical Divinity School, through which Good News Bible Church is developing future young pastors and leaders. Damn. Dream. See an after-school program for kids, first through sixth grade, that can't accept any more kids. It's full. And see a daycare center for, for kids ages six months to five years old that has a waiting list. See a vibrant radio ministry reaching throughout Chicago land. See a kitchen providing lunch every day for the homeless. See a jail ministry that is receiving accolades from the city of Chicago and from the Chicago police. Dare to dream again and see and see, and see your dream. Dare, dream, again. For 40 glorious years, Good News Bible Church, you dared to dream. Why not dare to dream again? Why not dare to dream again? If you will, I can promise you that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what the Lord will do for good news, Bible, church. But he has prepared for good news. Bible Church. Can somebody say amen? Again, on behalf of the Great Lakes District of the Evangelical Free Church of America, congratulations. And to God be the glory for what he has done, for what he is doing, and for what he will do in, through, and for Good News Bible Church in the days to come. If you will dare to dream again. Let's pray. Father, you have given the leaders and this church over these 40 years a vision 
And that vision has come to reality. But Lord, this is not the end. It's the beginning. And I'm asking you now, in the name of Jesus Christ, to motivate this congregation, motivate these leaders, motivate each one who calls themselves a part of this church to dare to dream again. To go to the mountaintop and look over into the promised land and see what you have yet prepared for them if they will only dare to dream again. And in the past, to be enhanced such that they will not only dare to dream again, Lord, but they will work toward bringing that dream to a reality. All for the glory of Jesus Christ. And it's in his name we pray. And all the people of God said, Amen.